right, tonight, um, um, I ask you to pray for, for Jackie Holt, who's not here tonight. She was here this morning, of course, and uh, just having some, some issues um, with some pain in her body. So just pray for her, and um, Lord might heal and encourage her. I'm going to go over a question that we have um, from our question um, list. And uh, maybe before we do that is give you an opportunity to um, comment or ask any questions on our series in Job that we've gone through so far. Um, this morning we looked at um, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Um, Do a little summary first of all. What was the main, uh, one main point of uh, Zophar's um, speaking to, to Job? And how did Job answer that? So let's just start with that a little bit. Got the question? The question is, what was Zophar's point towards Job when he talked to him? What was his one main, he had two main things. What, were, what did he say? And you can use your Bibles. <laughs> okay. He was guilty and that um, he better just um, get, find out what God's will is or he'll be destroyed. Okay. All right. Since you're not pure, all right, what else, Jacqueline? All right, anybody else? Verse 4 gives you that, and then the end of verse 6, the second point. Chapter 11, verse 6. Yeah, that, that he deserves uh, more than what he was getting. All right. Um, all right. There's a funny verse in there, verse 12. Verse 11 and 12. For he knows worthless men. He sees iniquity. Will he not consider it? But a stupid man will get understanding when a wild donkey's coat is born a man. That's poetic, but it, it is very expressive. And it's kind of a strong language, don't you think? I mean, it's like, Zobar, man, you coming at me like that? Um, but he did, and it actually applies more to Zophar than it does to Job. Because he was off base in what he was saying. And, and uh, um, yeah, so how did Job answer that? What were some of his main points? Chapter 12, 13, and 14. You just take one chapter and, and summarize that. Ruby? He didn't, oh, sorry. That he didn't understand God's ways. Mm -hmm. And that prevented him from doing what? Understanding Job. What is it about God's ways he didn't understand? Main point. 
All right. The innocent suffer. The innocent suffer. And a key verse there was verse 5 of chapter 12. In the thought of one who is at ease, there is contempt for misfortune. It is ready for those whose feet slip. Which one was Job? They both talk about Job. Job was one whose foot had slipped, <laughs> who, had, who had experienced some misfortune. And he was saying to, to his friend is that, you know, unless you've gone through this a little bit, um, you may not really understand how God works. And God works um, in ways that the innocent often, often suffer. The innocent often suffers. Job's friends were saying, hey, man, if you were innocent, these kind of things would not be happening to you. And Job was saying, wait a minute. You don't understand how God works. And he used a couple examples uh, in chapter 12. Can you, what was maybe your favorite of the innocent that suffered, Job's examples? All right. Uh, yeah, he said, I'm a laughing stock. Um, that's kind of back in, uh, um, uh, where is that? Yeah, that's 12, verse 4. Okay. Mm-hmm. While we're on that, um, what, what does that, um, what is that, what can we learn from that? Job was a laughing stock. Okay, we definitely see Christ. Christ was like that. Um, so be, to be laughed at doesn't mean you're in the wrong. Majority doesn't always rule, does it? They're not always right. What's some of the examples of, of the innocent suffering that Job gave us? Uh, Okay, all right. Um, we'll make it nature, all right. He talks about nature being an example of uh, innocent um, suffering harm. Favorite verse in chapter 13. Verse 15, right? Verse 15. Um, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Very powerful um, message coming from, from Job. Um, it's kind of like is it chapter 1 or chapter 2 where he says, The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a very familiar and powerful uh, message from Job. And here it comes. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. And then at the end of that verse, um, you know, it you might read the end of that and, 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 and kind of wonder, but um, that's a very important part of Job. Yet, <clears throat> says, um, yet I will argue my ways to his face. Je Job was looking forward to um, a face-to-face -face with God to help him understand the things that were happening to him. Um, we don't always get that face-to-face, -face, do we? All right. Um, very... Uh, popular, a couple popular verses in chapter 14, 
Anybody have a favorite there? Mm -hmm. Two things. It's going to be full of trouble and what? Short. Short. It, it goes by like that. Um, and and that, that's, a, that's a very good point. Another, another verse in chapter 14. Any, any others catch your, catch your eye? There's another popular one there. Get it? Fourteen, fourteen. Chapter 14, verse 14. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service, I will wait till my renewal should come. He was looking forward to um, resurrection, looking forward to a time where his judgment will be over and he could be um, at peace with God without trouble, <laughs> without fear, too. Fear of judgment and, and, and passing the test, so to speak. I remember having tests in school and just being very uh, nervous about the test. Couldn't wait till that time was over. But after the test was over, you could relax and you could uh, go back to, to, to being yourself. He was looking forward to um, resurrection where God's judgment will be passed and he would pass the test. <laughs> Um, and, of course, that points to Jesus, doesn't it? It's because of Jesus we have hope to meet with God and to not experience his wrath. Anybody memorize uh, Romans 8, 1? There is, therefore, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. All right. So no judgment. Um, and so it kind of expresses the longing that Job had that uh, he was looking forward to a time, yes, when his troubles would be over. But Job kind of knew even though, even if his troubles were past, he couldn't meet with God without facing the terror. I mean, it's like, I know I didn't do anything specifically wrong, and God doesn't punish me for that, but if I go before God, all my life now is under scrutiny, and there's no way I can pass that test, and I'm, I'm looking for a time when, when I could kind of get through that. And it's, it's Jesus who um, gives us that. So um, I just wanted to remind you of some of those things, bring them home again um, as we go through Job, and challenge you to be thinking, um, you know, how, how does God want us to think? He's teaching us something about himself and his ways, and we benefit from that wisdom as we walk through our life. And, and you should be thinking, um, what, do, what do I do with that wisdom? What do I do with that benefit? And how, how do I walk um, in that wisdom? Um, how, do, how do I uh, gain uh, from knowing that? And uh, how am I th how's that changing my thinking? And how's that changing my living um, as, I, as I go through these kind of... Uh, uh, text. <clears throat> All right, any other comments or questions before we move on to one of our discussion questions?
right? Let me just read the question, and we're going to, uh, to we have mics available, so we will, um, if you raise your hand, we'll bring a mic to you so you can help us uh, search out the biblical answer to this. Here's the question. <clears throat> I have not seen any examples of how a Christian should deal with domestic violence. If a husband or wife is being physically assaulted, what options do they have? Can they divorce? Can they separate? So talking about the um, circumstance of domestic violence and how are Christians to deal with that if they are involved in it? All right. So to get the ball rolling on, on that discussion, we want to the Bible to enter into our thinking, how we respond to what is a very common issue um, in our culture, but it's not just our culture. Domestic violence has been an issue since Cain and Abel. Very first murder was domestic violence. And in fact, we're not surprised that violence starts there when people are interacting um, sin often plays a part, and we interact in our families, um, and, and we, see it, we see it come to play. What does the scripture say? What, how does it inform us about this very common occurrence, something Jeremy probably deals with every day, gets calls or hears calls out on this kind of thing? Every day. Now that the weather's warming up, uh, we see more and more stuff. I just only have to sit out on my porch, on my backyard, and I can hear people talking on the cell phone in an angry way. Uh, I see people walking together but not in agreement and having all kinds of discussions. People riding by in their cars and having issues. Um, uh, so I don't know is it if there's hardly a day that goes by that we don't deal or see this in some kind of a way. So I'm going to have Aaron get us started with uh, leaving us in biblical discussion on, on how, uh, what are some of the guidelines that Scripture gives us for this. I was just uh, thinking about uh, what Scripture says about not taking any part in unfruitful works of, works of darkness, but instead exposing them. That's kind of what I was thinking of. A lot of times we're dealing with situations like this there's a lot of uh, shame that's involved where you don't want to tell about it, you know, you, or fear that's involved. Um, but as Christians, we're called to not fear man so much uh, in that same vein. So exposing it would first be the first thing I, that comes to my mind, at least. Okay, very good. Um, I'll, I'll let a few others comment. Chris? that uh, it well first of all it's best to separate each other separate from each other for a minute you know just to get away from the violence and then it's good to pray about it you know ask God what he wants you to do in, in the situation and to you know once everything dies down a little bit to have a discussion between each other to see what went wrong in, in that situation and that 
And if you can't get to a common denominator on what happened, to bring a, a third party in, you know, to be a mediator, to, you know, so y'all can find out what really happened and, and, and how can we fix the problem. You know, and, and if that doesn't work, you go to the church and see if you can fix that. Mm -hmm. You know, you get that re reconciliation. So, so that's a very good point. The, the Bible gives us wisdom in so many practical areas, and one of them is just our relationships, how we deal with each other. Um, we can talk about preventing of this kind of thing, but this question is kind of dealing more with how do you deal with it after it happens. So let's, let's take it there. Maybe we'll afterwards talk about preventing it from the next time happening. Um, um, how do you deal with it when it happens? Chris brought up just a very straightforward point is separate and calm down. Uh, I think the, the police got to do that. If I can get you over here, the other person over there, we can, we can, we can break it up and, and keep it from escalating. Um, when I was a kid, we used to have these fights at school, and there was always somebody who was the instigator. Uh, they're keeping the fire going. That's where we all can, can play a role in not being that. In other words, be the cool head that prevails in that kind of situation to, to calm um, um, the situation down and using wisdom in that. Um, so some very practical things. I, I have a few other uh, comments. All right, Victoria? Um, being a victim of it, um, you have to, um, when it happens, you have to realize you can't downplay it for like, oh, it was really nothing. Because when I first, um, it first happened to me, I lied about it. I mean, um, I lied and said I tripped and fell, and I didn't. I did call my cousin to tell her, and she let the, the right people know. And, and I don't know what made me tell her, but I guess it was the Lord because somebody needed to know, or else it would have in a secret because I think I felt more like like Aaron was saying I pick it back on that the shame and um, maybe I did something to do it but um, I think that the sooner you get it out not just keeping it to yourself or I mean be whoever whichever the partner is but sooner you expose it because I, I didn't expose it for about a year no almost two years and it went on and on and on until people started seeing it anyway. I didn't have to say anything. My landlord ended up calling the police, and I, it had to be exposed. But that was God watching out for me then, too, because I was too ignorant to expose it. So I think when it happens, you have to, as soon as you can, expose it. And either you will fix it, it will get fixed, and you will stay together, or it will disperse and but either way you won't have to go through it anymore it's an important point let me ask this question what are some of the things that that hinder people from exposing um that that type of um, action that type of violence bonnie in talking to people in the past um it seemed like that they would blame themselves for the situation. Instead of trying to look at both sides of it, being able to talk to each other, they would feel very guilty so that they would not want to talk to anybody about it because they felt that they 
deserved it. Okay, let's, let's hit that point just a little bit before I get to Brian because I, I see that common thread. Um, uh, one of the reasons why people don't expose it simply is uh, guilt or shame. It could be shame uh, or, or, or guilt that this kind of situation is happening. And sometimes because they realize they have some involvement in it. It's very rare that two people have a conflict and it's all one person's fault. We live in a society that says, hey, it's all the man's fault. And it may be a big percentage of him, but there may be some things that should have or could have been done on the other side that really would have stopped it from, from reaching that level. And so I find that one of the reasons why it's not exposed is because that doesn't want to get exposed either. I want it to be to all the other person's fault, and I don't want to acknowledge my role and my part in it. Um, and so uh, that, that's, that's a, a part of We need to deal with uh, truth and, and the reality of it. Here, here's a passage that we've talked about in James, James chapter 1. Know this, my, love, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Um, this can offend people, um, but I, I don't. I don't care. I'll say it anyway. Um, when I was when I was um, when I was younger, I realized that my younger brother, we had a conflict. He was more likely to take that and escalate that physically towards me because he viewed himself as the weaker person, smaller person, and so forth. And so he would lash out or strike out at me in more ways that I would even think about doing towards him and, and cause that to escalate. I see that in, 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 our, in our homes as well. So word to our ladies, don't escalate anything on a physical basis you don't have the firepower to match that. And even if you did, it's not going to be a good thing. And that's not to blame ladies for everything that happens, but that can really squash things. And so when it says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, first of all, it says let every person, so it's saying man and woman, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Um, So don't excuse, uh, it's just a Titus in, and, and Jeremy can speak about it if he wants. Uh, with the incident that happened at uh, uh, the Miller, there was, a, there was a second person who made a threat. Um, and it was so similar to what was actually carried out. It was very confusing for the police when they first got there. Um, but people often think that it's okay to make a threat if I don't carry it out. Um, and, and so those, those kinds of threats are not harmless. They are, are very dangerous and can cause, um, can cause things to really, really get out of hand. And so when we talk about dealing with each other, we need to speak in certain ways so that we don't escalate things and not think that, oh, he knew I wasn't ever going to do that, that that's okay to say that or that's that, okay to act that way. So that's a part that's not covered. A part that's often covered or should be covered as well is the, the men who, 
who lash out physically at women. Uh, there is just simply no excuse for that at all. And I think men, we as men need to, 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 to step up and make sure that that doesn't happen. Now, we live in a, kind of in a backwards culture. So if I open the door for a woman, they're often offended that I'm treating them that way. But often, uh, we used to act as gentlemen and so that uh, we wouldn't allow, and there's, a, there's a, a scriptural basis for this. We, we would not allow those uh, who are weaker or more um, subjected to harm, we would not allow harm to come to them. For instance, we would not allow somebody to misuse a child or to abuse physically. And so the same thing we would step in uh, if, if a man and woman were having those kind of battles, we would step in and stop that. And so we, we need to, to, to recognize that. The biblical principle there is God steps up for the, for the, for the, um, the unprotected, for the weak. Um, and so um, we definitely, as a society and as a men, need to get more comfortable doing that, stepping up, speaking out, and not allowing uh, things to, to reach that other level. Um, so, you know, I could say a whole lot about that and what that looks like, but just, just it needs to be said. We can't just allow things to, to go and to escalate. Another thing I think is, is uh, what, oh, I think you have a, I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> I'll get carried away. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say that uh, it, I think it don't get reported because most people don't have no intention of following God's uh, wisdom anyway. <laughs> so if you don't, like I, the times that I've seen it happen, it was a girl me and Jeremy was good friends with, and we used to go out with this group of friends and included girls and guys. And her, she was getting abused by her boyfriend, but she didn't want to tell nobody because she didn't want to leave him. She knew what the advice was going to be. You don't need to be with that guy, but she didn't want to hear that. And I think in a larger perspective, when I've seen it happen in the church, what it's been is people are with people that they know they shouldn't be with, but they don't want to hear you say that. So then when they encounter problems, they know you're going to say, I told you already. And because they know you're going to say that, they don't want to hear that. And because they don't want to hear that, they're not going to report the problems that they have. So when they do have problems, they're going to say, I ain't going to tell them because he's just going to say, I told you. Instead of being humble and saying, you know what, I was wrong and I need to learn from the mistakes that I've made. So what happened is they don't have any intention of following God's will. So when something happens in their life, they have no intention of telling anybody who's going to tell them God's will. And they're they going to tell people, but they're not going to tell them people that's going to say, here's what God he tells you to do. They're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Listen to the wisdom that God puts around you. Mickey? Exposing it, I mean, to the pastor or to the deacons, and it's all different. All, I, 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 I'd say, like, they're all different. If, if drug and alcohol is involved, probably in the majority of them, and then all these other things. So the, where the church category, I mean, the world categorically says we're going to put the man in jail and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We need to take each indiv situation individually because we don't know what's going on there. So I think in response to her, her or him or whoever had that question would be, we'd have to sit down and talk with you because we don't know what's going on there. Mm -hmm. we, you really don't. If it gets to the point, like you said, where somebody's hitting somebody, there's something deeper going on there. And that needs to be a one-on-one -on -one relationship 
and challenged by the men of, of, of the church, this church. I mean, you know, we know that the men here read their Bibles, they love their wives, they, you know, they, they, they live in the life that um, the Lord has told them, so that needs to be challenged, male to male, and then the female uh, most likely probably needs to be in some sort of one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one mentoring with a strong believer so that she does understand, or he, they both understand that you don't get to the point of anger where you hit somebody. It, that's unacceptable. Um, uh, Shell? I was gonna say that sometimes I think that they just love that person so much that they just um, feel like they don't, that it's, they make it okay then. Because I know um, even when my sister was going through that, she didn't say anything until she just got tired of it. And then she told me the tattletale. <laughs> she told me, like, she didn't really tell me. She just was, I went to her house and I saw her face and I was like, what happened? And she was like, oh, I burnt my, I thought the phone was the iron and I picked it up. So I didn't say anything about it, but I went, and I didn't try to deal with her husband because I knew I couldn't do nothing with him. But I went straight to my dad and my brother who were gonna kill him. But it's, it's, to me, I think it's just a thing about that they love him so much that they, they, they don't want anybody to hurt them. They still want to be with them. But then I guess it just gets to a point where they feel like they have to tell somebody. But I think like Victoria said, they need to say something right away. Like the first time it happened, they need to tell somebody. Somebody that they trust that this is going on so they can get some help. Because if you keep letting it go on and go on, there's so much stuff going on now that we've been seeing on the news, they go too far. So mm -hmm. it's best if that's going on in your home that you need to let somebody know right away. I was with your dad and your brother when we went over there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very uh, familiar with that. I'll get to you in just a second, Jeremy. Um, let me just bring together what we're saying is we operate in a community as believers and we have too much of this attitude, this is my business and I don't want to get anybody involved. That goes against how God wants us to handle things um, as a church and so we need to, to keep that uh, keep that in mind we need to be involved in each other's lives and when we are involved it's a wholesome involvement that helps us deal with those kind of things or in, in some cases in a lot of cases actually help it prevent it or at least prevent it from happening again uh, because you're connected you're connected with God's people here one of the dangers I see uh, is that when people are disconnected, they have no protection. So guys who want to abuse women find the ones that are disconnected or they systematically disconnect them from everywhere. A man who doesn't want you connected to your mother, uh, connected to your sister, is always talking about why you talk on the phone too much to, to them, is trying to break relationships. I understand there's a balance, uh, but when he's trying to break that, that's not a healthy thing. And godly men around you will help you see that when you're blind to it. Jeremy. I was going to say uh, a couple of the things that you had, or, you had already said. One of them is, well, I see a lot of these things, and a lot of Christians have a tendency to use law logic as God's logic, and it's not the same thing. So mm -hmm. people will say, use words like, he's the aggressor, or she's the aggressor, or um, that person was wrong because they, but the reason why those things are not exposed to the church is because like you said before, there's often a whole backstory that goes along with it where there's evil on both sides. 
and I've been to thousands of houses where it's, it's never just, I've been to maybe two DVs out of thousands where it was just a guy come home and just beat his wife for no reason. Usually it's a backstory. Usually it's somebody arguing, saying something stupid they shouldn't have said, starting some mess that they shouldn't have started, throwing something in somebody's face, and then it escalated. And it's always something where I think that the reason why it's often not brought to the church is because of shame of what that person did, and they know the church will ask those questions and say, what led up to this? Instead of, did he hit you? Okay, yeah, he going to jail. That's not how it works. It's usually... What did you do to get to this level? Okay, so-and-so grabbed a knife. Why did they do that? What was the argument about? These are things that the spiritual questions answer. Why did it get that far? How do we stop it from getting that far again? And the problem is, is that people will look at that and they, they don't want to get into all of that because those are the real questions. they rather just say, he hit me or she hit me. Wait a second, what led up to that? Why did it get that far? Were you warned about this before? What, you know, and these things are, are things that in the church, I think the men of the church, especially when it's some uh, violence from man to woman, we should be strict on. We should say, listen, dude, we don't do that here. We're going to warn you once, but this is going to be a lot stricter if you, you know, these type of things continue. And as men of the church, those are things that we absolutely challenge, you know. And um, it's something that people are fearful of because of the stigma society has put on it as, you know, it's just cut and dry. It's a victim and then there's aggressor. And that's not always how it is. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a pastor, 25, 20, going on 26 years next week, um, we've had a number of occasions to deal with that kind of situation personally. Um, I don't preach about it, um, tell details, and I'm not gonna tell details now with names. Uh, but it's, 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 it's way too common, and some of the things we brought out speak about some of the issues that go into that. It's, I always hate when I get involved in it, and it's, it's, it's gone too far. And, and I can't say it's too late for me to be involved, but I wish I had gotten involved in it or, or been included in it way, way earlier. That's why we tried to do uh, marriage counseling, uh, we try to keep an openness as a community so that, you know, your life is not just your own. You are responsible to God. You're responsible to God's people. And uh, what I find is when people want to do wrong, they separate themselves from God's people, and then they go and do wrong. Then they don't realize all the, all the ramifications of that. Um, so um, when you separate yourself from God's people, you're setting yourself up to have issues that are very difficult to deal with outside of people who have a loving concern with you and in our family. So a word to, to ladies especially is, is be connected. Let, let God's people know what's going on in your life so that uh, that's a protection for you. Um, and, and we'll balance and be wise about how much of that um, you know, we need to, to be involved in, but, but that, that's very, very important. Uh, one of the things I, I say about um, those who are dating or perhaps looking for a spouse, let them know that you're connected. Show them that you're connected. No way in the world should I hear that one of our people is being engaged and I've just found out about it and didn't even know the guy. That, that's just crazy. 
um, that guy should see my face often. Um, he, he should hear my voice often, and he should know that if he has, uh, if, he, if he's up to no good, he's going to have to face not just me, but er all the men in this church to challenge him and to say, hey, you can, you can act a fool with somebody else, but this is our sister. This, 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 she, she is connected with us. We're not, that's not going to happen here. Had that conversation several times. Hmm? Right. You've been ignoring this all the time and ignoring the wisdom that comes, and so it's not going to be a quick fix. You can come back into that wisdom and gain from that, but it's not going to be a quick or easy fix. But it's something you need to do. All right? I'm sorry. Who? Um, let's do Charmone, and then we'll come back to you. I didn't realize you had a microphone. No, it's okay. I was listening and <laughs> trying not to repeat everything that was said, but um, kind of go with what Miss Mickey said too. And because I've had pe people close to me, but in in the switch around, I know we hinted that it could be women too. But like I've I've talked to other wives or people in relationships, and I, like you were saying, I'm like never put your hands on your spouse or your husband. I mean, because of that fact, and we do have some very honorable men and husbands around us and they won't hit back. So it doesn't give you the right to still just hit them. And I, and it was one particular person in my life at the time and she was telling me about their relationship and I'm like, but if it always escalates to anger, shouting, and then physical violence, at what point, even if you told someone in the church or told someone about it, are you willing to take that um, time to actually go through extensive counseling and mentoring because like Brian said it's not magic you can't just solve it in in any time and the quick fix for most people kind of like that question says is either separation or divorce and we don't want to encourage divorce so quickly but that's such a dangerous situation in the first place so I get and that's probably like a question I have in some capacity later on but I, I mean I usually say if you're in that bad of a situation separate until you get you or the other person gets the help and counseling you need and to a point where if it, you need to divorce or not be around them then mm -hmm. it'll come to that but a lot of people won't even like you said don't even take that much time they, they want someone to know just to know and don't want to take the actions for it and then mm -hmm. yeah let me speak to that a second because that goes to the extreme and this question was was aimed at the extreme. If there is physical violence right now, what should you do? Number one, tell someone uh, and, and make that someone who is, is spiritually um, responsible. Tell someone, uh, yes, you do have to separate from that. Now here's the key. If you talk with me and I tell you to separate, guess what? That means separate. That don't mean come back the next day without resolving a problem and go back everything is normal because it's not and so when we give wisdom that wisdom needs to be heated um, don't don't cry on one shoulder one day and then go back and do the same thing the next day that's not wise so you can ask a difficult question how do I do this with kids involved and I can't afford to go somewhere else and pay rent, blah, 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 blah. Um, what do I need to do? 
So there are some extreme things that you can do, but physically um, you, can't, you can't be in that same dwelling until that's resolved. So let's get you an emergency place until that's resolved and then be willing to humble yourself so that you can speak the whole story so that people around you can actually help you um, deal with this situation. Uh, don't sugarcoat it, don't, um, don't lie about it, and, and, and don't look for quick fixes. Let's look for what God's solution is there and be willing to follow. Sometimes in counseling, I ask a person this simple question. Are you willing to do whatever God wants you to do? Are you willing right now to do whatever God wants you to do? Or did you come to me to get my okay to do what you want to do? And so let's resolve that first. And if you're willing to walk with the Lord, um, let's, let's be serious about that. And uh, people around you, I know this church will be serious about helping you take those proper steps. Does that mean you have to stay separated? No, maybe a physical separation is what's needed to, to let cooler heads prevail. And now we can talk about the issue and see where it really is. You may need other people in your life to help assess your situation because your understanding may be skewed. You, um, you may not have a good view of it. Let, let godly people come in and help you assess that so you can see what the next steps need to be. They may very well tell you, look, this is not a good situation at all, and you need to take some drastic steps. Or they may tell you another, uh, I've been in both situations, they may tell you, look, um, you need to change, and if he's willing to change, and you make the changes, there's possibility for this relationship under these conditions. So, so um, yeah, the, the wisdom there has to come appropriate for that situation, so I can't answer and speak into every situation with one blanket answer. But those are just some simple guidelines. I hope they help um, um, deal with real-life situations. I cannot counsel from this podium here because counseling is very personal and it needs to be uh, set for your situation. One of the things we learn going through the book of Job is there are some general truths, but they need to be applied to you specifically so God gives wisdom for your life. I can't do that if I don't have information. No one can. And so we need to, to get to that relationship and, and, and build that relationship so we can actually help the situation that you or that particular person is in. All right. A lot can be said. I love the discussion. We're going to close things up and uh, um, uh, take up more questions uh, on our Sunday night. Next week is anniversary. And we're going to have a special message. Um, we have a special dinner afterwards. And we want everybody to be a part of that. If you haven't paid already for the dinner part, you can pay. If you have difficulty paying, we want you to come and we'll work out payment later, all right? But we want you to be a part of everything that we're doing. We won't have evening service, just morning service and then a meal and a little few things during that meal and then we'll be done. So looking forward to a good day. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for our time together discussing your truth and your word. We pray, Lord, that we'll be, be able to put into practice your truth and your word in, in our lives. Give us that wisdom. Give us that connection with those who have that wisdom um, so that we can live in a ways that are pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs>